If you knew you couldn't die, what would you be afraid of? Would you live any differently if fear really wasn't a factor in your life? Or, like, what if you, you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would be reunited with your loved ones, no matter, no matter what happened? See, at the core of Christianity is the absurd belief that a man actually died and came back to life. But if that's true, something even more absurd is actually true. That we can and we will be resurrected from the dead also. Does it sound too good, maybe too absurd to be true? Maybe not. Let's talk about it together. Every living thing has a survival instinct. Like even trees try to survive and grow through rocks. We do everything we can to stay alive. But really, and we know this, we're only delaying the obviously inevitable. We all die. Most of us fear death. Like we don't even wanna think about it or, or talk about it. And this fear actually affects a lot of our life and, and our choices. We, we have this fear of, of losing others, right? Our fear of taking risks that might ruin our life or, or we waste our life by not really living. But amazingly, the first Jesus followers weren't afraid to die. In fact, historical accounts at, at different points when Christians were executed for their beliefs, they, they tell about the composure and, and the peace and the lack of fear that impressed even those who were in the process of killing them. Why were they so different? What made them not fear death? It was the absurd belief that Jesus rose from the dead. See, they truly believed if Jesus has conquered death, what is there to be afraid of? The Apostle Paul explained this idea to Jesus' followers in Corinth around 55 AD. And see, some Corinthians were saying that this belief in life after death was, was ludicrous. They said that, you know, people, when people die, they stay dead. That's what happens. And maybe they thought, you know, maybe the soul will live on in some type of spiritual afterlife, a very Greek idea. But that's about it. And so Paul, as we saw in the last episode, reminded them of the core truth of Christianity, that Jesus died and rose again. And he was seen by eyewitnesses who, at the time, were still alive. But then Paul assures them, if Jesus rose from the dead, then we will also rise from the dead. And so let's, let's see what he says here. And why don't you, if you have one, get out a Bible or download the Bible app and go to 1 Corinthians 15, 12, because I want you to see for yourself really how this unfolds. But tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. See, the Corinthians are saying, well, humans don't come back from the dead. And Paul's saying, well, if that's true, then Jesus, who was also human, is still dead. And then he goes on and he says, if Jesus is dead, then a few things. Our preaching is useless. In fact, we're even worse than useless. We're the eyewitness. Every eyewitness who says Jesus died and rose again are evil, evil liars trying to trick people. And he says, our faith that we have in common is useless. We're, we're still chained to our sin. We're still guilty before God. 
He says, those who died, if Jesus didn't come back to life, then those who have died, that were your loved ones, and they're gone forever, and sin and death have ultimately won. And if Jesus hasn't come back from the dead, we are the most pitiful people in the world for having this empty hope in nothing. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. He says, but none of that's true because Jesus did rise from the dead. And not only that, he is the first of all who will be raised. See, a Jesus follower's hope is not that someday we'll become one with the universe or, you know, become part of the force or that we'll, you know, We'll live on. We'll live on in people's memories. We'll, we'll live on in here. Or that, you know, we get to fertilize future life. And it's not even that we'll, we'll go to heaven and become floating spirits or angels with harps. See, if Jesus physically rose from the dead, as the eyewitnesses say he did, then we will also rise physically from the dead. If the absurd truth of Jesus' resurrection is true, then why would our own resurrection be too good to be true? And then Paul goes kind of even more in depth. So buckle up. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. And he kind of explains what he's saying there. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. He talks about Adam, like Adam and Eve, Adam. And it's okay if you don't believe there was an actual Adam and Eve. That's fine. Jesus believed it, so I believe it. But whether Adam and Eve and the story of, of the fall and that type of stuff is literal or metaphorical, the main point of all of that is that through our sin, we lost our true humanity by rebelling against God. We, we chose a cheap imitation of what we were created to be. We chose to worship ourselves and we're trying to, to be our own image instead of what we were created to be, which are image bearers of God. And the result of that sin is death, which we talked about in the last episode, separation from God and ourselves, separation from others. And we're chained to and we're imprisoned by sin, by evil, by death. See, we, we want to do what's right, but something in us fights against that. And we don't want to hurt others, but for some reason we just can't help but selfishly hurt others. But Jesus, God the Son, who was fully God and fully human, is the first of a new humanity or even a restored humanity. He died and rose again to give us new life, to make us new creations now and forever through the one who made us in the first place. See, God himself came and restored our true humanity, destroying the power of sin. See, as, as death started with Adam and his rebellion, death started with Adam, but it ends with Jesus. And true life, who we were supposed to be, ended with Adam, but it begins forever with Jesus. And then Paul reveals like the big picture. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. After that, the end will come, when he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. 
For the scriptures say, God has put all things under his authority. Of course, when it says all things under his authority, that does not include God himself, who gave Christ his authority. Then, when all things are under his authority, the Son will put himself under God's authority, so that God, who gave his Son authority over all things, will be utterly supreme over everything, everywhere. That's a lot. It's huge. We really don't have time to go through all that in the format we have right now, but here's the gist. Jesus' death and resurrection set in motion God's ultimate redemption of everyone and everything. He will return and raise everyone who belongs to him. Jesus will destroy, it says, all his enemies. And he's not talking about people. He's talking about evil powers, which exist. I mean, look around the world right now. There's proof that evil powers outside of this realm exist. He'll destroy evil powers. He'll destroy sin. And ultimately, he will destroy death. And everything will be restored. God will reign fully, and he will reign totally. Since Jesus defeated and continues to defeat sin and death, we can be assured death doesn't win. We will be raised just as he was. And God will once again, as in eternity past, be over everything and everything and everyone will belong to him. God's will will be supreme in every place, in every way. All things will be united in him. That's huge. See, since Jesus has been raised from the dead, those who belong to him will also be raised and death will ultimately be destroyed. That can be absurd, but it's actually better. There's even more to it. See, it's so much better than just hoping for a distant future as we try to survive and and not do naughty things to make God mad and as we cluster in these holy circles hiding from the world and just waiting for the end to come. It is so much better than that. Paul goes on and he says, If the dead will not be raised, what point is there in people being baptized for those who are dead? Why do it unless the dead will someday rise again? What? Honestly, we don't know what the heck Paul's talking about there. Like, scholars really don't know. It seems to be that the Corinthians were baptizing themselves for some reason to represent people who had already died. And it probably reflects a misunderstanding of what baptism is. They're thinking, like, the act of baptism saves you with Jesus. We, We just don't know what that's about. But the main idea is that Paul is saying, what's the point of doing whatever you're doing for the dead? if they're already dead forever. And then he gets to the main idea here, and he says, And why should we ourselves risk our lives hour by hour? For I swear, dear brothers and sisters, that I face death daily. This is as certain as my pride in what Christ Jesus our Lord has done in you. And what value was there in fighting wild beasts, those people of Ephesus, if there will be no resurrection from the dead? If there is no resurrection, let's feast and drink, for tomorrow we die. Don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. Think carefully about what is right, and stop sinning. For to your shame, I say that some of you don't know God at all. Here's Paul's main point. What we believe about our future determines how we live our lives now. See, the historical fact of Jesus' death and resurrection proves the future fact that he will also raise us. That death and sin is ultimately defeating, defeated, meaning those who belong to him, Jesus followers, are living in a different reality now. 
Yes, we're still in a world under the power of sin and death, but we, Jesus followers, are free from its control. We're still pulled to the sin around us, to to accept the cheap imitation of living for our own image. But we are free now to live as we were meant to, to, to be a clearer and clearer image of God himself. We can live in a confidence that seems absurd to others. As Pastor Andy Stanley says, when people don't fear death, they don't fear much. And Jesus' resurrection gives us new life now and forever. Which means we, we don't have to fear our future. And we don't have to live in fear now. Yeah, we, we don't have to fear death, but we also don't have to have the fear of being fully ourselves. And the fear of, of loving yet being hurt. Or the having fear of, of just getting close to someone only to to lose them we can have confidence that we are loved that we are forgiven that we are accepted that we are free that we are empowered and that we are eternal now and we can invite our neighbors to discover enjoy and share the life jesus offers now and forever a life where where sin and death will be erased and forgotten but you never will be see the hope of the of resurrection allows us to fully live now. So let me ask you, what are you afraid of? What fear is keeping you from living the full life you were created to live? So the fear of death, the fear of rejection, or the fear of being found out for who you really are, the fear of of not measuring up or, or not being enough or not having enough. See, so many of us are alive, but it's only only a half life. Our fears really make us half dead already. We're we're afraid to truly live. But something happened 2,000 years ago. The eyewitnesses say Jesus really did die and rise again, and that he promised to give us eternal life, but not just this some distant hope of heaven someday. An eternal life that starts now and lasts forever. He promised to give a life worth living that carries into eternity. And I know it sounds crazy, but he was raised, and he proved that we will be raised. Death isn't final. Fear doesn't need to have any place in this life. All evidence points to this being true. So the question is, what are you going to do about it? And there's really two options, right? First option, what most of us are doing. Live the best life we can while, you know, fearing anything that even comes close to taking that life away, whatever death is. Knowing that someday we will die. And everything we've done and everything we've known and everyone we've known will be forgotten. Option one. Or option two, even though at first glance this whole thing can seem absurd, we look at the facts and we discover the hope that Jesus' death and resurrection really, truly brings. We can en- That we enjoy a life of purpose, meaning, courage, peace, and joy now. And we share this absurd hope. This, this life with those we love. So to better understand, to better maybe discover, or even to more fully enjoy this truth, here's what we can do this week. We can read Romans 8. It's, it's a longer passage. And so try at least once this week to read it in one sitting to get the whole idea of the whole passage of what Paul's trying to describe. Because he describes how our hope for the future gives us full life now. In fact, here's here's how that passage starts. 
So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And it gets better and better as it goes on. So read that this week, at least once in one sitting. Read that this week. And then after you read it and you, you see what that life is like, ask this. What is keeping me from living this life now? What is it? What is keeping me from living this life now? What fear is holding me back? What, what don't I trust that is keeping me away from the life God made me to live? See, I know all of this can sound absurdly crazy, but the truth remains. Jesus said he would die and come back. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. And then he died. And they thought it was over. And the people who watched him die tell us that three days later, they talked to him. They touched him. They even watched him eat some fish. And their lives were changed forever. Cowards became courageous. The fearful experienced peace they couldn't explain. The lonely were accepted and included. Murderers became preachers of love. Enemies became family. And they had a confidence that awed their executioners. All because they believed a man rose from the dead and that he would also raise them. And they experienced eternal life in their daily lives. Jesus' resurrection gives us true life now and forever. Thanks for watching this content put out by Cross Creek Community Church. You can always let us know you're watching by sending us a direct message, an email, or filling out the welcome form on our website. All of it's pretty easy to find. Just a couple of announcements to let you know about what's going on at Cross Creek Community Church here in Salem, Oregon. We have two gatherings coming up in April, April 10th and April 24th. They'll be at 4.30 at 525 Idlewood. There's information in the show notes and on our website. Check that out. If you want to know more, we would love to see you in person to sing some songs, listen to a message, take communion, and there's always a meal afterwards. That's optional for you, but we'd love to hang out. Uh, we also have an Easter Eve service happening on April 16th. It's a Saturday. It'll be at 4.30. There will be the usual fun, plus an Easter egg hunt at the end for kids. And we'll be blossoming the cross during our service to celebrate Jesus's death and resurrection, which John's been talking about. Uh, last thing, thanks for being for Judson. They still need lots of stuff, and the Amazon wish list is live for you. You can also shop at your own store and bring it to one of our in-person gatherings. But those kids have some needs, and we have the means to fill them. So why not be for your neighbor in this great way? We'll see you next week for part three of this series, and hopefully in person at one of our events. Uh, reach out to us, let us know how we can pray for you, or if you have any questions. He came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross my debt to pay from the cross to the grave from the grave to the sky Lord I lift your name on high That's happening on Easter, right? That song. Yeah. John's gonna do it, my baby. 
I hope so. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs>